Welcome to the Grassroots Government Podcast. Uh, still in quarantine. It's April 17th, and uh, I think we're all getting a little stir crazy. Joining me on the podcast is Carl Wiggers, our producer. Joe Mapes, the legislative specialist for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, better known as a lobbyist. And Andy Brown, the national affairs coordinator for the Louisiana Farm Bureau. And we're going to go ahead and dive right into something that happened just yesterday. And I think it was one of the more touching moments in any of the press conferences I've seen with Governor John Bell Edwards. And that was he asked people to pray for Louisiana Farm Bureau President Ronnie Anderson. This is day 30 of Mr. Anderson being in the hospital, suffering from uh, COVID-19 and the complications afterward. He does remain on a ventilator. Joe, I mean, it's to see the governor take that step to ask our entire state to pray pray for Ronnie. I think that speaks to how much respect he has and the organization has. Well, there's there's no doubt uh, the respect that Ronnie has, it goes, uh, he's affected so many people so positively. He's been such a, a champion uh, for individuals, not just for the industry. So, so yes, he deserved every bit of the uh, commendation that the governor gave him at the microphone. What impressed me, guys, was that this is a worldwide pandemic. This is the biggest thing that any governor has ever had to deal with in Louisiana. And this governor chose to talk about Farm Bureau and its president in the midst of it. So you're exactly right. The reputation and respect that Farm Bureau has and that Ronnie has as its leader for the past 31 years is just, there's, there's no comparison. There's truly not. And I was honored to even be part of it. I felt like I was part of that at the microphone. What was cool was, I mean, he was bringing that up because Farm Bureau and the insurance company, uh, Louisiana Farm Bureau Insurance is also, they, they've been working with promoting the food banks and giving back to the food banks. Avery, how much, how much has the company committed to Louisiana food banks? So it's going to be $500,000, half a million dollars going to Feeding Louisiana. Feeding Louisiana is the organization that oversees all five major food banks in the state and touches all 64 parishes. So you're talking about half a million dollars going out. And from what I'm told by Mike Manning over at the Greater Baton Rouge Food Bank is every dollar can provide four meals. Mm. So right there, you're talking about two million meals just from this donation at a time when people need it more than ever. I think that's absolutely amazing, and it's it, it speaks volumes to that uh, the the motto, the slogan of real service, real people. Mm-hmm. Well, that is is they're showing that in action, mm-hmm. and you know, not not asking for a whole lot of praise for it. Yeah, Carl makes an excellent point. Uh, the, the insurance company making the contribution, but other companies have made contributions of similar sizes and their presidents didn't get mentioned at the mic. And I know that Ronnie's in the hospital, but still, uh, it just, it's so special to have the governor take that time when you know people that are watching him are watching him very closely and paying very close attention to what he's saying. So it was just so good to get such a venue, uh, And I also liked that Governor Edwards said, Ronnie is one of those numbers. Each number we bring up is an individual. So this is a multitude of lives impacted by that single number, each individual. And I think that that also speaks to what's going to happen here in the future with the state legislature. Uh, Joe, 
do you think Governor Edwards is thinking at all about getting lawmakers back to get? Yes, I, I, uh, the, 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 we were talking earlier, the four of us, before we came on this podcast, and the, the, the death rate has, has, has uh, not stabilized, but it, it is not climbing anymore. Um, the discharge rate is, is climbing uh, to the, from the hospitals, and the uh, admittance rate for patients is, is, is diminishing. And he talked about all that yesterday in his press conference, uh, talking about the ch chatter when I talk around the state with different uh, other lobbyists and friends and elected officials. What we're talking, we don't hear any chatter, guys. We don't hear any chatter that we're going to extend this mandate beyond the 30th. Uh, we look like we're going to be coming back in uh, in a, uh, I don't know, partial way, an intermittent way, if you will, looking at the, the state's budget. Uh, maybe one or two other committees that are, but but I don't think we're going to be dealing with the whole agenda, even if we get started May 1st, because that would leave you May 1st to June 2nd, four weeks, couldn't do it. So uh, essentially, if if John Bell Edwards just comes in and says, uh, the, the stay-at-home order is lifted May 1st, does that mean, I mean, is that the day that all uh, congressmen, not congressmen, but uh, state le legislators will be back in session that day? No, I don't think so, Carl. I, I do think it's going to be, uh, you know, limited. It, it, he's going to, first of all, the, the states are going to have independence as far as firing their economies back up. So they're also going to have some guidelines coming down from the feds. So, so we're really not, I can't really, we can't really answer your question right now until we get those guidelines until, you know, until we get our program in place, right? Well, while we haven't seen a whole lot of movement on the state level, where we have seen things going on that will impact all of our farmers and ranchers across this state is at the national level, especially concerning the Small Business Administration's Paycheck Protection Program. Andy, I know that early on, that was one of the most confusing things to come out of the CARES Act. Tell me a little bit about where we are with uh, PPP and what do folks need to know right now, which is probably changing as you're speaking? Well, the, the thing they're going to hear in the news first is that it's out of money. Uh, so a little bit different structure that SBA or a little bit different strategy that SBA took as opposed to USDA, who we're more familiar with dealing with. Uh, SBA got a pot of, I think, $350 billion and uh, rolled it out there and, and said, come, come apply, come one, come all come get it and uh, we'll figure out the details after. So that has uh, been while, you know, they were instructed to get this money to the American people as quick as possible. Uh, that, that has caused some issues. So um, probably the most issue for, for agriculture, because there's been a lot of confusion on who's eligible, how to apply, what banks can uh, qualify. So right now they're out of money. They're not taking any more applications for lenders. Uh, we're, you know, there's there's some serious issues there. There's questions of whether H-2A and H-2B uh, payroll costs can be applied to these uh, PPP and EIDL loans. Um, and so far, the answer has been no. But then you hear of places, some banks that are accepting it. So a lot of questions. But the uh, the thing to know for for the farmer out there is still contact your your bank that you do business with, see if they're a lender or a participant in these programs that can help you apply. If 
if they're not, uh, they should be able to, to direct you maybe to a friend in the industry that has gotten in. But uh, we're still telling people to push to, to get your name on the list. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to get it because they're, they're out of money. But uh, we're seeing a lot of chatter like everybody is on, on the Fox News and CNNs of the world that uh, they've, they've tried to plus up those funds. The Republicans claim that they had a clean bill ready to go to send another $250 billion to those programs. Uh, and there was some uh, political uh, discourse there that, that caused that to be held up. But um, for us, uh, we're just trying to get get it right and get the rules figured out and know how to, to access it and uh, to make sure that that if, if we do access it, it's not going to hinder anybody from qualifying for other programs that USDA is, is yet to announce. Well, one thing that we've been working very hard on at the Louisiana Farm Bureau is getting crawfish added to the, the CARES Act and making sure that we can get money coming in. Where does that stand? And uh, I know that surveys went out. How, how did that go, finding out from our, our farmers and our fishermen? Yeah, that's something uh, I think Farm Bureau, uh, another thing on this podcast that I think we can be super proud of, and that's the uh, response of our members and, and people maybe that don't uh, associate with us all that often, but still heard the call of Farm Bureau through their neighbor or their friend or through the LSU Ag Center who really helped lead this charge with us uh, to fill out the survey. And uh, that's provided us some, some really good data uh, that we've carried to USDA. They're still considering all these measures. There's a lot of people um, trying to prove their hardships right now to USDA. But as I said, their uh, their strategy has been to try and get it right before it's released. So we're still waiting to know if we've, if we've made the cut, but uh, we feel really good about it. Um, the survey has shown that our, our estimations were even a bit uh, conservative, that there's been even more struggle out there from both uh, we kind of had the price side pegged that um, prices dropped over 50 cents or um, at least 40% of the price has fallen out. But uh, the, the data showed that it could be even more than that. But then the, the shocking part was what it's done to production because a lot of these crawfish farmers and a lot of farmers, not just crawfish, uh, don't have the food service industry to go to anymore. And that's a huge part of their market. Some estimate 60%, some say upwards of 80. I guess it depends on who you sell your crawfish through. But um, the data is there. Uh, we're showing over $500 an acre loss for these guys in the crawfish market. And uh, that's just what we're focused on because without Louisiana Farm Bureau, crawfish is a Louisiana-based industry. Uh, they wouldn't have anybody standing up for them. So that doesn't mean that we're not fighting for our cattlemen or our poultry producers or specialty crops or anybody else. We're, we're still doing the work of Farm Bureau and representing all commodities as a general farm organization. But uh, it just so happens that in this deal, uh, the crawfish don't have, the crawfish farmers don't have the National Cattlemen's Beef Board or the American Soybean Association to fight for them. They need, needed somebody to, to be their voice. And that's what we pride ourselves on doing. So We've carried those pleas. Uh, we've had help from our congressional delegation. That was that was really neat to see them all sign on and support this important commodity uh, for Louisiana. But uh, the only news, Avery, that's trickled out so far uh, has been Sec Secretary Purdue kind of let it slip on a radio interview that 
it's looking like uh, $2 billion is going to go to um, to help with food purchases for food banks. Um, but the rest of it, you're hearing numbers like $16 billion, but uh, we're that's all just hearsay until they make an announcement. Andy, is there anybody that you've, uh, I mean, we, you always love to give the shout outs and the praise to, is there anybody that's really been uh, instrumental in getting this either in the crawfish world or in the PPP uh, program? Has there been anybody that's been really standing out? Yeah. So um, naturally when we had a, a true ag issue, uh, the first, first, like he always is to come, come with a helping hand was uh, Dr. Abraham, uh, Congressman Ralph Abraham. And uh, then he teamed up with his good buddy in the third district, uh, Captain Clay Higgins, who is holds the majority of our crawfish farms and they together um, they they took the reins out of our hands thankfully because I had plenty to do uh, with this survey and they they marched up uh, this this letter to support our crawfish farmers uh, through the halls and and got every signature from both uh, house side and senate side so we had eight bright and shiny signatures on that letter that went to Secretary Purdue. And uh, so they all deserve the praise on this one, but we definitely thank uh, Congressman Higgins and Congressman Abraham for, for doing the heavy lifting on that. Well, I also want to bring up, and there's something you alluded to a moment ago, Andy, you know, the Louisiana Farm Bureau is continuing to do the work for its members despite uh, some of us working remotely. I know that the commodity team, you, Ron Harrell, Brian Bro, and Jessica Lang are still working just as hard as ever, if not harder than ever, to make sure that we have commodity issues covered. Tim Payne and the field services group, they're still communicating with all the parish presidents and making sure we have everything covered. And then I've got to sing the praises of the communications team because I really think that Chris Noakes-White, Carl Wiggers, Jennifer Finley, Neil Malasso, and Monica Velasquez have been really putting out a lot of great information and uh, things that consumers need to know as well on all of our social media channels. And then, of course, our marketing association, they're still booking grain and still following the markets and helping people out. So I really, I really think that folks need to know that the Louisiana Farm Bureau is still working very hard for them. Yeah, it's been neat to see. Um, I, I told I told some of my farming buddies who are involved with Farm Bureau, just calling me to, to chat, not, not business related, but asking me, oh, you know, they're out on the tractor and working like they always do. So they assume me uh, working from home sounds like a vacation, but uh, I love it, man. I, I don't want disaster. I don't want uh, me personally, my personal views. I don't want a bunch of tax dollars being spent, but uh, that's what I do for a living, and I'm I'm glad to be able to help. Uh, it, it, it gives me a lot of pride to see the Wall Street Journal or somebody else uh, run these stories um, on what we're doing and trying to help these farmers out. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Uh, let me end by saying, please pray for Ronnie Anderson and Joe. If you'll give us the tagline, and you know, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. 